Hi, and welcome to Think Tank. This week, I'm chatting with Rena Davis, the R and one half of the hugely successful A&R cleaning services based in Bridgend. We'll be chatting about the heightened cleaning requirements for small businesses, the struggles of maintaining 300 staff, and how A&R turned from an ironing company into a multi-million turnover force. So, um, so Rena, welcome to the Think Tank. Thank you for coming. Thank you for uh, joining me. Um, so you must have had one of the the busiest 12 months on record. So can you talk to me first of all about what COVID-19 has done for your company? Yeah, sure. Um, first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, it's a great pleasure in sharing some of the, um, you know, answers some of the questions that you've got for me today. Um, so what has COVID done for our business? Um, I suppose from an external point of view, people might look in and think there's certain industries, i.e. cleaning, that have flourished throughout the, the global pandemic and um, that doesn't mean to say that that hasn't brought a huge amount of challenges and um, I've even known cleaning companies to have gone bust during COVID and um, so you know as the saying goes cash is king if you haven't got the correct financial infrastructure if you haven't got the correct um, invoice process where you're chasing people up and people are paying your invoices you can't pay your staff and in turn you have no business so um so from that element uh you know it's brought so many challenges so many fears so many worries so many stress but from a work point of view we've definitely seen an increase in in, in business we've seen an increase in more visibility within a working environment which i think which i think is is fantastic because if somebody's in a factory or in a warehouse and they do a 12-hour shift, if they don't see anybody throughout that 12-hour shift, and they could see hundreds of people going into the toilet, into the canteen, you know, catching all these areas, but even pre-COVID, before COVID was around, you know, germs and viruses were still around, you know, this isn't something that's taken us all by surprise. Um, in the way that it's happened has taken us all by surprise in terms of lockdown, but viruses, SARS, um norovirus flu virus they're there they they're all around us so um so i think that visibility people seeing more cleaners going in doing hot spots daytime cleaning touch point cleaning um that's definitely increased um which i think from a client's point of view as well it's hopefully it's something that they will take forward mm -hmm. because it, it's showing their teams that they're taking taking things seriously. They're taking their health seriously, and they work in environment seriously. Yeah, definitely. And and I, I must say as well, congratulations, like real congratulations. You you picked up a, a massive contract recently, didn't you? Um, for Welsh Water, am I right? Yes. Yeah, we picked up. Um, I say we picked up. We definitely didn't pick it up. We no, no. To, uh, to, to do the tender, and um, uh, we we did the tendering process throughout the global pandemic so not only was we managing our teams we were also trying to grow the business as well through the pandemic because the biggest thing for any business is you just never know what's going to happen to your customer base that you've already got yeah they might hit hardship or financial hardship and they might go bust and under and in turn that means your business has a huge impact you lose staff you lose pretty much you lose the people you've built up but yeah we've 
we won um, the West Wales went through the West Wales tender process and we um, made it to final three and then uh, we we won the contract. So oh. for us, that's by far our biggest tender that we've ever had to complete. Um, <laughs> and we're really proud of it. Really proud of our team. Really proud of how it's been managed and. Uh, we managed to formalise 52 sites and over 50 members of the staff within a two and a half week period. Wow. And um, we managed to do that. So, yeah, that's by far the biggest thing we've ever done. <laughs> now, um, actually, I was going to ask you a question. On, on the note of staff, I mean, you, you employing a significant number of staff is obviously a challenge in itself. But was it challenging keeping your team coming to work when so many people were working from home? I can imagine a lot of conversations going on there. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> massive. Uh, I think the biggest thing from day one was the fear element, uh, the unknown. And we, we actually, did, none of this was in our control. Mm -hmm. We couldn't control any of, you know, the external factors from the pandemic and what that brought. So I suppose what we had to do was deal with what we can control. And that was how do we manage our staff? How do we provide reassurance to our staff that we've taken it seriously how do we put things in place systems in place processes in place additional training additional risk assessment how we had to put all the line in place to show our staff that you know this wasn't something that was just going to come and go in a matter of a few weeks this was something that was you and we had to deal with it yeah. um, you know constant communications with staff members going out picking the phone up bringing them and and I think one thing that um, did get picked up by Wales Online was when we did hit the first lockdown, we cleaned a number of environments, such as schools, doctors, surgeries. Now, these types of industries and sectors remained open right away throughout the pandemic. So our staff were going in to clean, and we had one member of staff stopped by police. And, and that, for her, was the most frightening thing yeah. because she stopped by an officer. Not that they did anything wrong, but. You know, they asked where she was going. She was going to work. She was going to provide a cleaning service, which is key yeah. within this pandemic, is, is cleaning. Um, and she was sent home. And that infuriated me, uh, the fact that cleaners wasn't seen as key workers no, at yeah. all. It's the Yet whole again, point. <laughs> schools and hospitals couldn't stay open if they weren't clean. Yeah. So yeah, at some point, cleaners have to become key workers. So for us, it was it was that constant daily checking, communicating with staff, and, and just having them to understand that we really understood the fears and worries that they had. Yeah. Um, we were going out, we were working with staff, our managers were still going out. It's not, um, it definitely wasn't the case of we were all protecting ourselves and our cleaners were protected. It, you know, we sort of um, we ensured that we did everything. And I don't know about other businesses, but we had. In March, I think we, we created a coronavirus document forward and I think we had about four things in there in March. Now we've got over 150 documents in there <laughs> that we've had to create PowerPoint slides, presentations and, and, and show people how we are keeping our staff safe. What extra measures have we put in place to keep our staff safe? And yeah, it's been a, a mammoth task. I, I, I can imagine, I can really imagine, like, because I, I come from a cleaning background myself in the past, but uh, so in, in that sense, I, I know a, a client's expectation sometimes, I'm sure you can agree that it doesn't always match with their budget um, <laughs> in the nicest possible way. So, <laughs> um, have you noticed uh, there's a lot more emphasis placed on cleaning in the last year and, and 
I, I guess, I mean, I hope in a way, but are you expecting that to continue into the long term then? Or is, is do you think it's just until we all get this vaccination? I mean, I don't know as a nation or as a society, um, we do forget things very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> which in some things or some ways, I do think that's a good thing. Uh, but do I see the, the, you know, sort of the increased cleaning that's gone on staying within the industry sector? I think it'd be really challenging and difficult to come or step back from that. Yeah. You know, especially soon on to overcome it when, when we are actually through this fully. And God knows how long that's going to take. Um, me personally, I think we've still got quite a, a long journey to go before yeah. we're even back to any sort of normality. But I definitely think Touchpoint Cleaning has seen huge positive impact in environment is definitely um so we we offer an increased service right at the very beginning we offered a biomestin service so we did all the research we looked at all the products and we took um the chance to go along with uh, the biomestin guns and after doing all the research so we clean uh, we've got a regular contract where we go in on a regular basis and we provide this um there's two bath buildings um in their sector so we provide these to the biomedical service to these two buildings and when they've spoken to other industries or uh, sorry other bank premises that haven't had that level of service mm -hmm. if somebody has taken it into their environment they've seen how they are able to control that and reduce the amount of spread of infection mm -hmm. by having that regular biomedicine versus exactly the same sector with the same amount of people going in how that has literally gone through the workplace or gone through the huge majority of the workplace. Oh, yeah. So increased cleaning and additional cleaning methods, you know, the science is there to be able to say that it has a huge positive impact in reducing the spread of the virus. Yeah. And I guess a lot of people more notice now that you're touching the same door handle as other people and you're touching the same phone as other people. So I suppose people are carrying around antibacterial gel and hand and sprays and things like that, like they've never done before. So I suppose they're, in a way, they're helping combat the virus. So they're helping your service, but your service, it sits sort of hand in hand with what they're doing. So, uh, you know, I suppose it's everybody's responsibility in a way, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's been proven in all of us now, you know, important to wash your hands, wash your hands, Really? When you look at the amount of staff that are off. Now, does that mean that because people are taking things more seriously, they are following advice, other things are not surviving as long, other viruses or bugs are not surviving as long. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying we haven't had the overall sickness, but COVID has brought us in terms of people self-isolating, people having to go for tests and stuff. I'm sure any business that's worked right to wake to work will express their challenges that that has faced. But the general cough, cold, flu, you know, general sicknesses. Yeah. I think there's been a decrease in that. Well, or we've seen yeah. from, from our staff, the amount of staff are going sick with a, a general illness. Yeah, yeah. That must be, well, that must be fantastic in a way for you. I suppose that instills, a, you know, sort of like, hopefully ongoing measures then for everybody. So that's uh, that's definitely a good thing. Um, now, I was going to ask you, sorry, um, about uh, about your company itself. So Ashley and yourself began A&R Cleaning Services 
and you've recently launched A&R Security as well. I see the car driving past every now and again. Um, can, you, can you tell me more about what brought you into the self-employment world and how you diversified into security as well, if that's all right? Yeah, um, why did I go self-employed? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had my children quite young, so I'm the first child of 16. I left school and I had absolutely no qualifications. And I was, I was working, I was working as a care assistant and I loved the job. Yeah. But my mind was so overactive in terms of what my mind wanted to achieve. What did, you know, the, and it wasn't just about materialistic things. It's not about that. It's about, I've always loved helping people. I've always loved doing things for people. So becoming a young man was perfect. I got to raise my two children. I was, you know, doing for others rather than purely for me. Working in the care sector, I was providing for others. I was helping them live as best of a life as they could live with disabilities and illnesses. Mm. So when I looked at, um, one, how could I make my life better? How could I live a life where I wasn't, I was reliant on heavily on benefits. I was living off the benefit system and uh, literally borrowing 10 pound year, five pound there. And, you know, that life was extremely challenging. And that was an, every, every week. That's how my life pretty much was. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought, how can I, you know, what can I actually do to one, make my life better, secondly, make my children's life better, but still go within my purpose of helping others. Yeah. And when I looked at everything, I got no qualifications, I haven't got a degree, I haven't got anything that I could really, you know, pursue or take forward. And I thought, you know what? I could buy people's clothes and then. Um, and, and when I look at that back now, I, just, I didn't realise it at the time, but buying people's clothes helped them by giving them more time to spend with their family. So, yeah. you know, it might have been a, a, you know, both husband and wife working household, um, both working full time, they've got the school running everything. And I took the stress away by doing it ironing and bringing it back to them. You know, I was saving them two or three hours a week, so I was still helping people. And then when the cleaning set up, again, I was helping people. I was putting environments that were dirty to clean. I was helping them have more time back. And it just sort of all evolved from there, really. I found uh, it was my huge passion. I absolutely loved doing what I was doing. I loved the fact that I was making a difference in people's lives. Yeah. You know, people might think, what, in cleaning? Yeah, in yes. cleaning, I was making a massive difference to people's lives. And when we moved into the commercial sector, it made me realise how much more we were protecting people in doctors' surgeries, in schools, in, you know, in all sorts of environments and industries that we clean in. That purpose, I kind of, as I look back now, that purpose has been there from day one, from, yeah. from as young as I can remember, and that was helping people. And I suppose that filters through into like the charity work that I do, and you know, that I suppose it all comes back down to to my purpose and. Um, cleaner team and now they're managing the cleaner team so it's you know just 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 
helping them grow, helping them develop and helping them learn. It's, it all comes back down to, you know, what, what, what gets me out of bed every single morning. And that's yeah. my purpose in helping others and doing all we can to help others grow and, uh, and in turn, you know, helping us grow. Yeah, no, definitely. So... I, I mean, I can see the definite logic between going from iron into. Um, I, I I love the fact that you do iron or you did iron, and I think that's fantastic because that's something I absolutely hate. Um, but so I I, I get <laughs> going. Now I hate the <laughs> um, I um, so yeah, going from there to housekeeping, house cleaning, that sort of thing to commercial. I get that. Where where did where did security come in? Um, with the security, I think it was always in my actually the, the the back of my mind um, that when we were when we were a lot in our earlier days within the the business, we were looking at you know kind of what was hand in hand. And when you look at cleaning, security, and catering, well, I knew that I hundred percent did not want to go to catering. Catering was not an avenue that I thought you know is an avenue we could pursue, and even wanted to pursue. But when you look at the the security sector and the security industry it's very much in terms of you know protecting putting staff in places and we just seen that in some of our um, clients premises there wasn't a huge difference in terms of yes the end result in terms of services is totally different to what we do clean and the security but the end result is completely different yeah. but the process and how we get to that remains the same so you know it is about recruiting the right people recruit qualifying people making sure and then ultimately they would have a different end role and responsibility and the cleaners would be there to clean and do that and the security guards would be there to protect and we just seen it was a perfect hand in hand really to to offer that as uh, an additional service to our clients and it's, it's gone down really well it's um you know it's taken a little while it's, it's almost like a I say to Ash all the time, it's like, you know, I've got a little baby brother or sister. Um, you know, that baby brother can't walk and run just as quick as A&R cleaning can. It still needs to be nurtured and loved and cared for. And yeah. we need to help it grow to become a you know, a independent young child yeah. or older child <laughs> no that that makes complete sense to me it, it does make sense that it's sort of it's a hand-in-hand -hand service but i i love you, you don't want to go down the catering route i i don't completely blame you one bit there i think that's a challenging thing all of its own but um so looking at the looking into the future i suppose so you've just crossed the border in, from sme into corporate essentially um by going from 250 staff up to 300 you know that that's a, that's a milestone sort of moment so looking into the future how do you see your business and i suppose the industry as well evolving as a whole how do i see us as a business so i've definitely got a two three and a five year plan uh which i have shared with some of the team members uh but as i mentioned uh, to you earlier that one of our biggest strategies has just been to survive COVID yes. and um, you know and if we grow through COVID that's fantastic and we are working our best not to grow through COVID um, but our biggest you know right now our biggest thing is to keep staff's motivation high keep morale high um, and just take it as it comes at the moment but definitely the next milestone for us as a business is reaching the 10 million pound turnover um, you know sort of growing our staff to 10 million members of staff would just be mind-blowing to think that myself and Ashley have come from no 
qualifications really no um no money has helped us get to where we are nobody has heavily invested in us financially um actually did work in the financial sector um when i set up the business in 2008 2009 i don't know if you can remember but we were going to you know a credit crunch and yes uh, you know, similar situations, there were job losses, people were just, you know, losing houses, mortgages, people was borrowing, banks yeah. were lending. So that's when we see the perfect opportunity for Ashley to come in with his financial background. Um, but I definitely see us, well, we have dreams to continue growing, continue growing our staff, um, and really um, spreading AML's wings. And I think one of, one of our key things that I would say that's helped us get to this point right now is, We've always grown in a way that we are comfortable with. I think in all businesses, you can you can come into the market, you can grow so quickly, grow so quick. Yeah. Allowing us um, to be able to grow steadily in the early years, I think is a massive advantage on us because we're not looking at our business now and saying, how do we instill a culture that works for us? We've done that. Our culture is what's grown us to where we are. How do we bring a team along on the journey with us. We've done all of that in the early years. We've built such strong foundations and processes. It has now allowed us to go on and win contracts and tenders like Welsh Water and other large tenders and contracts because we have such strong foundations. Yeah. So we're, we're really looking forward to moving forward in the next three to five years and seeing where that takes us and, and what we can achieve in the next three to five years. Yeah. No, I mean, and and just behind you, you're in your office at the moment. In in this office, you've got you've got written on the wall. We are helpful. Yes. We respect. I can't read the other one, but uh, you know that. In this office, we are happy. We are helpful. We respect. We have fun. Um, which is the one thing down the bottom, and then right at the bottom, it says we are a team. And I think that's that's our biggest ethos that we've always said is like we are a family business, but our staff. Honestly, if you if you come and spend over a camera in our office environment yeah. and just watch this for a week, you would see the type of way that we operate as a business. Of course, taking social distancing into consideration, oh, yeah, yeah. we do respect that. Yeah. Um, but the team dynamics that we have, the fun that we have, the way that I don't often hear it in our business, that's not my job. Uh, I yeah. have, at the moment, we're running short two managers which is extremely challenging and put a huge amount of pressure on us. Yet again, we've got some of our team members who have been with the business for years and years, and they're going out and doing audits. They communicate with staff. You know, that, that's, that's Chloe, and she could have quite easily have said that that's not my job, I'm not doing that. Yeah. But yet again, everybody just steps in and steps up when, when the business needs it. Yeah. So that team... That family runs right through to our staff, and it's just honestly, it's just it literally like sends shivers through me because it's just so amazing to sometimes sit back and sometimes I sit back and go like, oh my god, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. And other times I sit back and go, what we've created is amazing. Like just to be able to see our team work in the ways that they work is just honestly, it's it's breathtaking. I I can imagine that. Now you. You mentioned back uh, you started in 2008, 2009, when, we were, when loads of people were laid off, made redundant. Now, we're in a pretty much a similar situation at the moment where um, people who are being made redundant, they might be listening to this and thinking of 
setting up a cleaning company or something similar as as a low cost option on the road to self employment. So, um, in your experience, what what tips can you give to people who are thinking of becoming self employed in I don't know cleaning, security, ironing, or any industry? I guess. I think the the biggest tip I can give you is understand the reasons why you want to do it. Mm-hmm. If you want to go into business to make lots of money, then I probably wouldn't go into security. <laughs> I was um, waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, I think if you know if if your drive is money, um, then I suppose you need to understand that you might not get as far as where you want to go. Um, would I recommend anybody going into the cleaning industry? It's you you've got to be resilient. You have to be so tough internally. It is a demanding industry. It's as you mentioned right at the very beginning. You know the the, the Jaguar expectation or the Ferrari expectation versus uh, you know a, a Corsa budget <laughs> yeah. is the reality of what we sometimes have to deal with. Yes. And how do you manage that? It's uh, it's extremely challenging, <laughs> extremely stressful. But you know if if somebody is thinking of setting up their own business. Find something that you know, you absolutely love, and I suppose ask yourself the question, if I'm not getting paid for it, would I still do it? Because you have to really love what you do to be able to, um, yes, you need money, yes, you need money to be able to pay your bills and, and everything else between start the business, but you really have to have such a passion for what you do because you could not be in a business. I don't think you could, I don't, you know, that's how we are. You would not be in your business to, to think of the best at the end of it because I guarantee you that that is not how business is. There's yeah. so many times that it brings a huge element of fear and oh my god, this client hasn't paid, there's not enough of the bank to pay the staff, what are we gonna do? It, it brings a lot of that. So um so yeah, but it but it does mean to say that whilst you have all those challenges, you can't be successful. Um you just really have to want it and you really have to want to achieve your dreams, I suppose. Yeah, no, definitely. That's great advice, and and thank you so much for joining me. It's been fantastic. I uh, I hope this uh, I hope this we can do it again. I think that would be great. But um, you have got a lot of wisdom and knowledge to impart. I think it's fantastic. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you for spending the time and interviewing me. Thank you. My biggest thanks to this week's guest and to you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find the full version on video at our website just head to www.think-tank.org.uk and click on interviews. If you'd like to speak to any of our guests on this programme, they're usually at our weekly business brunch events and are also speaking at the Think Tank symposiums. Have a great day.